0: You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Thanks for joining us for this Viva podcast. Today, we'll be discussing a major breakthrough in electric handpiece design. Our guest is Dr. Lori Trost, who maintains a full-time practice in Redbud, Illinois. Dr. Trost focuses on aesthetic dentistry with a wellness approach to patient care. She lectures extensively throughout North America, is a clinical evaluator for many dental manufacturers, and translates her knowledge and experience into authoring a wide variety of professional articles. She's also a great speaker for Viva Learning. You can listen to our podcasts and her webinars, which, which are really fantastic. Dr. Trost, it's a pleasure to have you on Dental Talk.
1: Thank you, Dr. Klein, and uh, happy to be here and happy to talk with you today.
0: Yeah, I mean, you have such incredible experience in the, in the dental profession over the years, and congratulations on your new practice that you're opening up. So you downsized from a larger practice. Before we get started into the whole electric campus thing, tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so um, for many years, I literally uh, built up a practice from scratch, a very organic way of growing a business, and created really an amazing place that had exceptional patient care and really worked with uh, a sizable team. And really uh, enjoyed just amazing uh, goodness and wellness, and created great smiles for a lot of patients and and the learning curve and uh, the stamina needed to make that happen is obviously very demanding and Over time, I mean, you enjoy that, and it's a good ride, but at some point in time, you say, you know what, Um, things change in life, and I had some issues with my uh, family personally. My daughter was going to go off to college, my last child, and, you know, things can say, hey, I can change dynamically. How do I make that alter? Well, guess what? A lot of things came together at that point, and it By actually selling my practice, um, I was able to free up a lot of time, and that ended up translating, obviously, for me to being able to see my daughter more, helping take care of my parents more, and really kind of downsizing the time that I was practicing and how I was filling in. So it was a good thing for me at the time to do. Now I have literally taken on, in this last year, uh, starting a brand-new practice from scratch, much smaller Uh, in nature. Uh, Again, going to be committed to those same values that built my original practice, but uh, more importantly, it's going to be just uh, smaller and much more manageable in the sense of uh, that demand on time, because we do spend a lot of time in and out of the office. I don't care if it's patient care, learning, mentoring, uh, teaching, studying, uh, just really growing our skills, but uh, it's a a large task. It's a big task, so it's kind of fun to jump back in and, and get into some of this technology that is just Just really, really super amazing today.
0: Yeah, yeah. And speaking of technology, so now that you've started this new practice, which is a smaller practice and more focused and everything, which is giving you the lifestyle that that you want at this point in your career, which is really fantastic to hear, you can pick and choose what you want, what kind of autoclave you want, what kind of handpiece you want, what kind of materials you use, because you're picking everything from, from the start now. You're not left with any legacy materials or things that another doctor ordered if you had a partner. We talked offline, and you mentioned that this keeps you excited about going to work every day, is, is not only working with the patients, but also working with materials and equipment that really help with workflow and make your day enjoyable. Can you give us some examples of some of the things you're doing in your practice with supplies, equipment, technology, and that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, so uh, simply everything is is chosen with great intention from a wealth of experience, wealth of going into it, understanding more how it works, how it can work within the workflow of the practice, how it will benefit the patient and ultimately how it really will benefit me personally because I want to keep my career going and be able to take uh, maximum care of my patients to be, and be able to stay healthy to do that. So you know, talk about going and shopping, and and it's it's fresh and it's brand new. And the key is to really uh, do a lot of homework, I think, when you're looking at products and different, especially equipment, because there are differences today. And I think the more questions you can ask, the more people you can talk to. Uh, it really is, a I think, just gathering that information and moving forward is really terrific. But I knew from the get-go, for example, I wanted to get a CBCT. I knew that because uh, I'm, I'm really working and really enjoying the placement of implants. Uh, endo, I think it's just invaluable on, uh, obviously, different ortho uh, procedures, techniques, and then, of course, you look at different airway issues. And um, as you, if you sit there and look at what your practice really is wanting to offer, I think you make those choices from that equipment based on that. So um, when I went shopping, when I went really looking at what I wanted and my true wish list, obviously, didn't become everything I wanted, it's part down some, but I will continue to add on as I go, and go along here and grow the practice. Um, it's very exciting to see certain things and materials that really you know you're choosing because it's the right choice for all those values and that uh, the concepts of what you're carrying forward with the patient care.
0: And that's exciting you're getting into 3D imaging because that is really a fantastic uh, growing uh, area in dentistry with the predictability yeah. of, of seeing things in 3D. Getting back to the title of it, How how does electric handpieces play into your new practice and how did you base your decisions when you decided to select a particular uh, company to work with?
1: Yeah. So, uh, you you know, really, when you're looking at your practice, you have to assess what are you using every day? Uh, What are you going to use pretty well every patient? And it stands out that is going to be handpiece and that handpiece is in your hand. Probably, I mean, well over half of the day, if you're prepping crowns, if you're removing crowns, if you're prepping for, you know, composites, um, anything that we're doing, we're holding a handpiece. I don't care if it's a profi angle. I don't care if it's an endo reciprocating movement type function in my handpiece. Whatever I'm doing, I'm holding a handpiece. And that has to really be a very comfortable type fit and feel. It has to be an extension of my hand. And I have to know that whatever I'm choosing is going to feel good. It's not going to create fatigue. It's going to really allow me to do my job effortlessly. And, um, again, I think everything that you choose when you're going into practice or you're looking at materials, especially between now and the year end, you know, we've got a time period here, especially with, you know, tax season, right, you know, that we can take advantage of certain purchases. I think you have to be really smart and really look at what you use a lot and what really needs to provide the comfort and more importantly what's going to really provide you the necessary means to continue practicing for a long time. Right. So handpieces are right there and electric handpieces for me and especially the new uh the NSK Nano is just it's unbelievable. It's it's for me it's been a great game changer because in the past electric handpieces have been very heavy and, and honestly my very first handpiece was an NSK years ago. And I remember uh, getting it installed. I remember uh, the, the long tail, what I felt like was a tail on it, which was this cord that I would constantly battle with or struggle with. It would pull me away from the prep or the margins I was using. And I just didn't really necessarily understand the concept of how it could run or work maximally. And I think that's just honestly because of where the designs were. They have improved beyond measure today. Uh, these hand pieces are no longer the heavy hand pieces they used to be, or the corded tailed hand pieces they are, but they're much lighter weight. They're much shorter in nature. They, they fit in your hand and the comfort they provide, I think, absolutely rival uh, any great air-driven handpiece. And I think everyone who's out there uh, right now considering or sitting on the fence and what should I do? What, what's a game changer for me? Look at getting a really good electric hand piece. It is a game changer.
0: Yeah, so what's different about this one? I know you mentioned offline that you used NSK in the past, and now this particular new handpiece is also by NSK, and you mentioned it. What is the name again, if you would just repeat the name for
1: us? Yeah, yeah, it's the NSK. It's the Nano, and it's the smallest, shortest, most lightweight handpiece, electric handpiece on the market today.
0: Was it designed originally for women?
1: Yes, it was. And um, here, what's interesting, it's, uh, you know, it's got – 40% lighter weight, which is really significant, and if you look at like a a female hand, like I have a size glove, a six glove, I have colleagues and friends of mine, you know, male colleagues who are easily, you know, have a nine or ten size glove that they're wearing, and that's a Big difference, but yet the handpiece fits well in their hand too. So you sit there and look at this, and you look at the point of balance. You look at how you can hold this and really artistically feel that your the handpiece is moving with you, and rather than you're having to struggle with it. In the past, handpieces were obviously heavier, and they and you did you had a struggle, but you don't have that now. So uh, the NSK Nano I to me is just it's unbelievable. Plus, it's got the most power on the market today and what that delivers the most torque. So what you're going to have is a handpiece and we're all, we're all removing more and more older crowns, Many of us are doing uh, a lot of cosmetic and restorative dentistry, where where we're having to remove uh, zirconia, which it's tough. It's tough to take off, and you're leaning on that handpiece, and you're waiting to drop. You know, if you're using a traditional air drip, and you're just really leaning and putting a lot of pressure. I mean, sometimes it's crazy. You see sparks even. I mean, it's nuts. But um, you're leaning on that handpiece. So you don't know when you're going to break through the material, and you really enter the tooth structure. So that's a point of no return. But with your electric handpiece, especially like the nano, you got such great control that you've got the power there. You can keep your foot on that rheostat and really have confidence to know where you're at and how far you need to cut and and be much more precise.
0: Yeah. So when we're talking about um, efficiency and ergonomics, tell us a little bit about that and how, in this case, this particular handpiece fulfills that criteria.
1: We all know time is money. And efficiency is really critical. And and crown preps right now, we're spending, you know, 48% of any practice. If you look at numbers, you are literally totally uh, dependent on crown preparations. A single unit crown is going to be 48% of your production value in your practice. That's an enormous number. And you're looking at around 21 crowns for the average practice a month. So you're doing a lot of crown preparations, and I can promise you they're not all a virgin crown preparation. Many of them are remaking crowns. So again, go back to that you know, analysis of when you're really having to cut off a zirconia, or high strength you know, ceramic type crown, it takes a lot longer to do these removals. And even if you're cutting through PFMs, you've gotta be really careful. But the key is if you can really have a handpiece that maintains its constant power, it has great torque to it. It has control. You can really make your crown preparations much more efficient. Stay within that window, that hour, or that 60-minute window of time to create crown preparations from start to finish. And that really extrapolates in your practice and your schedule and your timing, and you really are much more efficient. And, oh, by the way, seriously ergonomic because you're not having to struggle against a cord. You have a balance point, and you have much more control. So it's better, less hand fatigue, and much better on your shoulders, too. Do you
0: think that this type of handpiece design will promote
1: more dentists to using
0: electric handpieces rather than air driven? The fact that air driven are smaller and are known to be for the most part more ergonomic than the, uh, or like the original electric handpiece that you used when you first started practicing. Do you think this ergonomic change and breakthrough is going to have dentists move over to electric handpieces in a, in a much faster way?
1: Yeah, I I do. And I'll tell you why. Um, uh, One of the, things I really have not really discussed yet is over our careers um, with an air-driven handpiece, you know, you hear that whistle (laughs) and that high-pitched whine, and it's we can't escape it. Um, Our patients hear that too. And um, it's just another reason that you want to go ahead and think about, obviously, hand fatigue is going to be reduced with electric handpiece. So if you want to have a a decent career in dentistry, you've got to start using handpieces early on that really provide the precision, the power, and they're ergonomic. That's just how I see it. It's no different than trying to force your eyes to see things and really focus on very minute detail when you really can't. That's why we wear loops. There's no difference. It's all the same, and so you're just using something that really can facilitate a much better and easier uh, procedure. And you're just using the right tools to make it happen. So I think people are really open to trying, you know, electric handpiece. And many of these companies allow you to, you know, try them out for a couple of days within your practice. And I think if you're going to do that, you should really schedule a variety of procedures. So maybe, you know, a crown prep, a crown removal, uh, some composites, maybe some fine finishing in the anterior region, just to get an idea of what it feels like in your hand and see if it fits for you. I, I think it really will uh, speak for itself. And, and really, I think many of us will find, It is a big game changer.
0: Do you use air driven anymore?
1: No, not at all. Wow. No. That's uh... no. And it's interesting. I did a crown prep last week, and I had a patient say to me, and I've known this uh, this. lady for quite some time and done a fair amount of restorative work on her and she made a comment she said that was quiet I didn't hear I didn't hear that whistle as much I said yeah I said this is like the quietest one out there right now and and I said I want to do that I want to use that and make that selection for you but I want to make that selection for me as well as my assistant too so I think you know our auditory sensation we can't ignore that because it does definitely plays on you over over years of time
0: you're improving the patient experience just through the quietness of, of the handpiece uh
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And the whistle, that was something that caused hearing damage for years. It still does. There's no question yes. dentists lose their hearing or a spectrum of their hearing because of that whistle sound from the handpiece. So now that you have this new office, um, how did you build this practice? How did you bolster this office to create a really ideal patient experience?
1: Well, uh, that's a great question, uh, Phil, I tell you, I really, like I shared with you earlier, uh, the shopping experience was really very intentional because everything was about really making it a better patient experience. And everything from the, I have an Acteon and extrium. I, I love uh, that CBCT. Uh, it's a stand-up unit. I have patients that were in the past perhaps maybe a gagger, and now we're able to really take verticals on them, get scans on them. That is just simply effortlessly. So it's really, uh, to me, a, a great thing. Uh, other patient experiences, I'm doing radiation-free exams. I'm using uh, the DEXAS View and I find that to be very eye-opening because I want to be able to get uh, and and notice that decay or those changes in the enamel or fractures or cracks. So uh, again that diagnostic driven approach really does help the patient experience because obviously no radiation number one and secondly um, you're detecting things really early and I no longer use that word watch anymore in my practice. I have a definitive idea and concept and name on what is happening. So we don't watch anything anymore. We are definitely identifying and naming things. So I think those changes, that's a really big, uh, that's been a great trend for me to really um, bring forward too. Along with the patient experience Two different products that are just the, the bioactive products that are out there right now that are just really so amazing, uh, um, the Theracal, you know, you're looking at MiPace, the MI paste Plus. I mean, you've got so many good things out there that just really, again, enhance the experience. I mean, the handpiece enhances the experience because it creates efficiency. Obviously, it's quieter. Um, I mean, just just the drilling alone. I mean, patients will tell the time, I hate the drill. I hate the drill you know at first it's a shot then it's a drill right and uh, if you can make that a better experience and make it smoother and easier and kinder you know it doesn't uh, the handpiece doesn't chatter against the tooth surface it really helps to mill the surface away of the structure of what we want so it's a, it's a kinder i think uh, procedure basically on the on the tooth as well so patients have less post operative sensitivity i mean this all bundles together to really create a good experience for them and they want to come back and they want to refer to you
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. On the handpiece question, did you did it lose torque at all by getting smaller and more ergonomic, this new nano?
1: No, actually, which, which to me is really very amazing, um, in the head where the magnetic rotors are located, they took advantage, the engineers at NSK took advantage of that space that was not taken up and, and literally repositioned those rotors. So they were able to really improve the torque. And actually, it has the most torque on the market today of any handpiece. So, you know, you think about size and getting smaller and there's not going to be able to deliver. No, they, they more than delivered, they really excelled. So it has the most power, the most torque on the market today. And you can really feel that, especially when you're going through zirconia, you know, some of these other higher strength materials.
0: I remember we were at the Chicago show and I met you there. I don't know if it was, a, I guess it was about a year ago. At that point, you were about to open up your new second practice, your downsize practice that you're in now. And we were sitting there talking, and then you said, okay, Phil, let's go shopping. And I thought that was the funniest thing. It was hilarious. You said, let's go shopping. And there's like 300 exhibitors there, and you're walking around, and we're going from one booth to the next, and going, you know, the sky's the limit here. Well, I guess there's some budget. I'm sure there was some budget on it, but it was like, let's go shopping. It's like, only Dr. Trost goes shopping at the Chicago Midwinter Show. Most people go to Nordstrom's, you know, but you go to the, it was just really funny. Um and you have fun you know you have fun doing it but oh, yeah yeah and you know you're the kind of person that would never talk about a product and i know you personally for many years you would never talk about a product uh, or a piece of equipment that you didn't believe in you don't mind mentioning products on podcasts and webinars if you really like them and you use them i just did a podcast with Brian Novi you probably know him yes yeah yes. he's he's uh, <clears throat> extremely into the philosophy and practice of using glass ionomers and You know, I have a daughter who's 25 that has just came back from the dentist, and she was told she has eight carious lesions. Most of them are three surface. And I just talked to their dentist, and I'm trying to get them to do glass onomers on their posterior teeth using a product called Equia Forte HT. Yes, terrific product. Okay, you know that. Yeah, so that's another one. And he says, hey, I would never mention Equia Forte HT. HT is the high translucency version of, of the previous uh, the previous uh, glass onomer, which I guess was what, forte I assume? Um, Correct. Yeah. And he, he literally is so passionate about using glass I,
1: I think you're hitting on a really good point, And I think we have to assess patients uh, and we have to assess patients and how they present. Uh, and I know for a fact we're seeing more, more carious lesions. I, I, just, I see it, It's just unbelievable. And patients' habits, their social behaviors, a lot of things are really trending to create more uh, disruption of the enamel and and the dentin, for that matter. And we've really got to be on our game and really assess and really create, I think, very customized treatment plans. And, and I'm a really big proponent of glass as well. Actually, my daughter has a couple of glass ionomer posterior restorations. Oh, so really? Have it. Interesting. Oh, you betcha. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I I just I believe in that. I think you need to really evaluate what's going to work best in that situation and and what's going to work best long term, too. So um, and you don't want these. I, I think we can we can do a better job. We just have to really, again, step into it and really understand the patient, discover things, ask questions and really help to motivate them and become their cheerleader and then really provide that right product and right treatment.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely true. Do you do any aligners in your office, any type of ortho work as a GP?
1: Yes, yes. I um, have done Invisalign. I was Invisalign certified from early on. Um, I actually did a lot of MTM on our tooth movement um, through Dental Place and now uh, I'm gravitating a little bit into the SureSmile world, mm-hmm. which I find very exciting too. And I think, you know, on the cusp is a lot of 3D printing for us. So I see some really great things coming with the digital workflow soon, which is going to be very exciting.
0: So what would you recommend to a doctor who's starting for the first time At their own practice, they want to go in their own practice. You've done this twice now, at least, right? You did it with your first one. So you're on your second one. What would you recommend in the next minute or less to someone who's first now leaving either a DSO or they're working with a bunch of other doctors and they want to break off and be on their own? Tell us some really good, important tips that they should be aware of.
1: Uh, I think learn to uh, really master adhesion. And learn to really maximize uh, what, an, an, like a universal bonding agent offers, and understand, you know, between total self or selective etch. I think those are key elements. I think marry that with the appropriate cements right now, and I think if you can stay in a vertical uh, line of manufacturing between the universal bonding agent and the cement. Choice. I think that's a wise place. I think uh, many composites today are undercured, so get a good quality curing light and really make sure that you keep the light focused. I use a smart light focus myself. I find that to be a great, great light curing light. So, um, undercuring is a really big thing um, to make sure that your restorations are cured and keeping patients, you know, uh, without the secondary decay that forms to for the post opers sensitivity. I think you need to get as many practice management courses as you can under your belt. And more importantly, you need to stay motivated, become the leader that takes the, you know your practice forward. Um, seek out as many courses as you can and try to get as many mentors because there's a lot of people out there that will help you and are willing to help you. And so um, don't isolate yourself, but really grow with uh, memberships, study clubs, you name it. And I think that's a really big situation. Put yourself out there and keep yourself open and read. Keep reading.
0: Thanks so much, Dr. Trost. You were amazing again. You gave some great insight into the things you're doing in your practice. You talked a lot about the benefits of a good electric handpiece, one of which you mentioned and you use, the NSK Nano. So if you want more information on that handpiece, feel free to contact NSK, visit their website. You'll get more information. Thanks again, Dr. Trost. Hope to have you back on a podcast soon.
1: Great. Thank you, Dr. Klein, and I really appreciate your time.